Alice Shattuck, who joins us to talk about the state of school choice. I know you're a popular podcaster, and thank you so much, Alice, for joining in. I know you're very upset about this latest situation with Connecticut school children for being, for example, of being shown these videos that parents had no idea about. Absolutely. This is um, a story from Granby, Connecticut, where um, my husband Tom is on the radio in Connecticut, and I join him to talk there as well as on our podcast, the Burn Barrel Podcast. And we talk about these issues all the time um, in New England where we are, and we talk to other moms who are saying, our kids are getting shown this stuff, and no one even warned us that this was going to be happening in the school. They're showing a video in the school that's telling kids that they can question their gender. This is in third grade, so kids as young as eight years old, and the school's not even letting the parents know in advance. And then when you speak up about it, they gaslight you. They say, oh, this isn't about gender and sexuality. This is just about being kind to others. It's just about tolerance. We're just teaching your kids to be nice. And they try and make you feel like the crazy person for even saying anything about it. Like you imagined the whole thing. Yeah. And we have a clip of this. So if our executive producer, Anthony Dorenzo can play a clip so people get a sense of what the children were being exposed to and the parents had no clue until afterwards. Universal Kids celebrates Pride Month. What Pride means to me is nobody can tell you what to do. I have dolls. I love my dolls. Boys can play with dolls, too. I have two moms, and I call them Mommy and Mama. What Pride means to me is just being myself and standing up for what I believe in. Pride means you should be able to be free. All my life, I never really felt like a boy, and I don't really feel like a girl, so I'd rather be both. Pride means a person could be whoever they want to be in their heart. The fact that I could say that I like to be called a boy makes me feel happy inside. Pride to me is my two dads. If you have two moms, or if you have one dad or one mom, it's not like, oh, this or that. It's what makes people happy. Happy Pride Month. Pride is universal. Be authentically you. And so that is produced by, as Anthony just told me, uh, Produced by NBC Universal. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they produced it. These are young children hearing this. And I hear so much, Alice. I hear in it that, oh, you can't tell me what to do. So there's an underlying theme to this, right? That, mm-hmm. that the parents or your church or your faith, you know, don't listen to those grownups and, and really indoctrinating it, you know this is about that's what it's about is it not it's it's really exposing oh definitely definitely and you know people get upset when um families on the right wing are using the word grooming to describe this behavior but this is exactly what people do who want to separate children from the advice and wisdom of their parents and their loved ones and their culture and to be clear this is not some like white supremacist Christian idea, which is what they want to tell you, that this is somehow, you know, to be confused with, like, Nazism or bigotry or something like that. This is parents all over the country are seeing this stuff and uncomfortable with it. This is Armenian families in Glendale, California. This is Muslim families in Montgomery County, Maryland. And they're all saying the same thing. They're saying, this goes against my values, against my culture. You're using my taxes to tell my kid that our values, our heritage, our family is wrong and that what we believe doesn't matter. And that it's it's so offensive to 
all the diversity of people that we have in this country to tell them that we all have to believe this and that the school is going to tell your kids this using your money without your permission, without even your knowledge in a lot of cases. Um, And, and it's, so unfair to the people of all these different cultures that that see it as problematic or going against what they want to teach in their homes. And we are talking to Alice Shattuck. And I see on your Twitter, and people can follow you at Alice Shattuck, Generation Y conservative, pro-life, feminist mother radicalized by the Kavanaugh hearings. And then you, um, your husband is at Tom Shattuck and the Burn Barrel podcast which is burn barrel pod so what can you give us a little history as far as what happened during the kavanaugh hearings something clicked for you what happened alice absolutely that was just such a moment for me where um you know i i'm I've been a stay-at-home mom, I've been a working mom, um, I've been a homeschooling mom, and I had those hearings on the TV. I've always loved politics, been interested in them. I've always been very pro-life due to my faith personally, and and so I'm very interested in judicial issues and watching these judicial hearings and how this man who's really not even a very radical conservative in any way, I mean, this is... um, you know, a Bush-era guy, Kavanaugh, a man clearly of uh, great character and faith, and watching how he was just railroaded in this hearing and that, you know, the left didn't care at all if any of what they were saying was accurate remotely, platforming people like Michael Avenatti, like Julie Swetnick, people who were clearly grifters, some of whom, I mean, Avenatti's now in jail, and the media treated him like a serious presidential candidate on the basis of this stuff that he was spouting during these hearings. It was absolutely outrageous. It really made me see how, um, you know, leftists in the government and in the media are really working together to try and paint anyone who even veers the tiniest bit from their prescribed orthodoxy as some kind of radical extremist or dangerous person. Or even in the case of Kavanaugh, they're trying to paint him as a serial sexual assaulter and a rapist, which there's absolutely no evidence of. And, and you know, we're seeing the same thing now with the school boards. We're seeing Merrick Garland go after people who just want to ask questions of their school boards, even mm-hmm. calling them terrorists, calling them extremists, calling them, you know, radicalized or right wing, you know, racial supremacists or whatever it is mm-hmm. that they're trying to call people having trying to have the DOJ investigate parents who are interested in their school boards. And, you know, I can tell you during COVID, too, a lot of. A lot of what the school boards were doing, um, parents wanted more transparency and, you know, wanted to go out there and wanted to get answers from the school boards. And if you dared to ask questions or want more information, they treated you like you were some kind of fringe lunatic, you know, and tried to make you feel like you were crazy. I had to go to our own school board during COVID because they were going to hold the public comment for the reopening plans for our schools at a Democratic candidate's campaign fundraiser event. <laughs> and I went to them and I said, this is inappropriate. You can't do this. And, you know, I had to file a public records request to even find out how this happened, whose decision this was, who decided to do this, and eventually got them to cancel the event. And people were mad at me from the school district for even asking questions about it. And So what we see is just from the top to the bottom, from Merrick Garland down, 
the government just treats parents who are the people paying the bill and whose children these are, treats them like they're some kind of criminals or terrorists for just asking questions and wanting to know what's going on. And so, Alice, now how old are your kids? So they range from 12 down to uh, my youngest is five, and we're expecting another one in October. Oh, congratulations. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. I know. It's a busy house. (laughs) Now, do you know if you're having a boy or a girl? In the fall? We just found out it's a boy. So we have one girl and then three boys and now another boy. So my 12-year-old daughter is not pleased. (laughs) (laughs) It's once again not a girl. She's alone in the world. (laughs) But tell her she'll get all the jewelry someday. So there's that. I know. (laughs) I know. She's the princess of the house. (laughs) So, you know, what's a, a mom to do? Because you're just coming into the thick of it right, with your children, and you've said that you've homeschooled um, in the past, but that's that's a lot, and now you're, you know, you're so doing much. this, you're, you're a very busy person, so what are you, what are you thinking about moving forward as far as, you know, school for your kids, and I assume you're a, a school choice advocate, but are you thinking about private schools? What's going on? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've done homeschool and I love it. I I think options are so important because families go through seasons, right? And that's why school choice is so important. And, you know, you have seasons in your life when homeschooling might be the best option for you. Or in, and kids are different too. You know, we have one kid who loves to work with his hands. This year he did a nature school where it was primarily outdoors. He learned to whittle. He learned to identify and grow different plants. It was great. He's thinking about maybe going to an agricultural tech school in the future. Having these options and allowing families of all socioeconomic levels to have them, like not just people who are wealthy enough to afford private school. Mm-hmm. I think that's so, so important. And and I think that, you know, that also breaks down some of the power that we saw during COVID with the teachers unions yes. who are just so powerful to be able to control people's only option. And truthfully, like public school really is the only option for so many people. Um, You know, whether you need to have two incomes to work to afford where you are and you can't be home with your kids, you know, uh, different people can't make those things work. So, you know, it's important that people have the ability to choose the way that they want their kids to be educated and the values that are taught to their kids in the schools. Do you feel like this is something that, because the mainstream, so-called mainstream media, does not Mm -hmm. cover this. They don't cover the, maybe what I think is truly the silent majority of especially, especially moms, but parents across America who want those parental rights. And pretty much every day, I can look to local media and national media and find this infusion of stories. It's always there daily taking aim at parents who especially conservative parents or for example moms for liberty that's a group that Mm -hmm. they're really taking aim at and pretty much every day hammering that so what can we all do as moms from across america to try to combat that and take that spin and turn it on its head so that people can see the truth which is parental rights has nothing to do with bans It's not bullying any certain community and God knows not bullying anybody in the LGBTQ plus community. It's really about us and our parental rights. 
Oh, absolutely. And some of the moms, you know, that Tom and I have talked to, um, especially in Connecticut, there was one mom whose kid was read in school in first grade. The book Julian is a mermaid about a little boy dressing up um, and going to a mermaid festival that has a lot of drag performers at it. And, you know, she considered herself a big liberal and a huge proponent of LGBTQ rights, right? So she was surprised when all this hate and blowback came at her saying that, you know, she was like the Proud Boys or like a terrorist or any of these things. Um, and I, I think it's so important for moms to stick together and to do things together, um, even just in a social way without a needing to be like a signature drive or a petition or something, you know, mm -hmm. just to feel like you're not crazy sometimes. One of the things I've been able to do in my community, and it's kind of grown over the last year or so, is we have a group of moms, some younger, some older, some whose kids are grown, but just who are like-minded about these types of issues, some people who are liberal and some people, you know, who are more conservative, but are really unified on this issue of, you know, we're parents, we're in the community, and we're not crazy. We're not nuts. We're not the bad guys here. And, you know, we've gotten together socially, and the group has grown over time as people have invited others to it, because I think that um, one of the things that the media does is try and make you feel very lonely. Like you're the only person who feels this way. You're the only person. You're the one with the problem. Everybody, all the doctors, all the experts, all the politicians, they're all saying this. We are all in agreement. Nobody feels like you do. And it's sort of an emperor's new clothes thing. Like you're looking at this and thinking, am I the only one who notices what's <laughs> going on here? Am I out of my mind? But if you get together with some other people, it just feels so good. And you realize that even in, I mean, we're in a really blue state, you know, there are other people that feel like you do and that the left has gotten so extreme and veered so far away from common sense that really there are a lot of people out there who feel like we do. Yes. And that's, and that's a piece of it that I think that isolation, and that's why, for example, this big event that's happening in Philadelphia with the Moms for Liberty, that's why mm -hmm. they know if we all get together and we all, you know, see how many, especially moms are out there and women, because we defy the narrative of that angry, incel, crazy Republican MAGA white guy, right? And, right. But I think that's a piece of why they don't want moms, conservative moms, to come together. That And I actually think that's a, a piece of this. And yes, it's fueled by partisan politics, but they know that if that becomes a thing and a movement and people realize, oh, I'm not crazy. Oh, I, I don't have to be over here in silence. I think I think you're exactly right, that once we can do that and come together, it's not only good for your mental health and fun to be with you know girlfriends and feel supported, but as well, I think there will be a national impact on that because all of a sudden... Society has to recognize that there are a lot of moms and dads, too, obviously, but moms and women especially who just want to have rights, want to have those parental rights and have a role in our children's lives and protect our kids' innocence. Absolutely. Well, I, I just love you. Anthony Dorenzo um, has brought us together, so we have to thank Anthony. Anthony said, Dawn. I don't know why I didn't think of Alice before. You're perfect for each other. You're going to love each other. <laughs> yes, thank you, Anthony. Thank you, yeah. Anthony. Anytime, Alice. Good to hear you. We'll be in touch. 
Yeah, we want to. Good we, to hear you too. We hope. I know that you're you're pregnant and you're busy and you have a great podcast. And we'll tweet. You know, Anthony has all that, so we'll tweet all that out and put that out there so people can follow you and follow your journey and your pregnant your latest pregnancy too. But I hope you come back and we can make it a, a regular segment when you have the time. Alice Shattuck, we really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, John. Thank you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.